0: of load shedding
1: so i appeal to all the honorable members honorable deputy minister and your delegation that we keep our input short and that we try and complete this meeting as soon as possible whilst we still have a quorum right now we do have a quorum and uh, we can proceed and start with the meeting thank you very much deputy minister i acknowledge The team that you have brought, I acknowledge General Satole, the national commissioner, all the deputy national commissioners and the the different uh, members of the portfolio committee. Uh, Honorable members, I would like to introduce the new member of our committee. It is uh, Honorable Marekwa, And uh, Honorable Marekwa, uh, could you please just show your face so that members can see you and uh, acknowledge you. You are welcome to the team. This is a very hardworking team, and we know that you will be a very good uh, addition to the team. Honorable Marekwa has been one one of the uh, deputy president's of Pappkuru and has a wealth of experience and information in the police sector. Uh, Honorable Morekwa, could we just see you for a brief moment, please? Uh, There you can see our beautiful addition to the team. My apologies to all those men. There's just women in this committee and the women remaining the majority. So I think you can give Honorable Murekwa a hand and a warm welcome. Welcome, Honorable Murekwa. Before I flight the agenda... Welcome,
2: Honorable Murekwa.
1: Welcome, welcome. Honorable people. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome, welcome. Malibongwe.
3: Iga malama
1: Thank you very much, Honorable Members. Honorable Peacock, you're already starting with a very bad network. Uh, So I know we're going to all try and keep going as far as possible. Uh, Honorable Peacock has already sent an apology that she's struggling with her network. I am going to read the apologies. I have received apologies from the Minister, uh, who is in Cabinet, Honourable um, uh, Molekwa, who will be uh, attending the Portfolio Committee oversight visit, the public hearings of the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs. Honourable members, you would have noticed that the Home Affairs Portfolio Committee is um doing a three-week, three-week, let me en- emphasize a three-week public hearings process. So this should encourage us to do our oversight work at a long uh, over a longer period of time. Honorable men- members, you would have noted now that we've got an honorable M- marequa and a Molequa. Please don't get those two confused. Uh, there's Honourable Marequa and Molequa. Uh, we also have an apology from um, Honourable, uh, I think it was Reverend Meshu, that he will be leaving early due to other committees. Before we start, may I also thank all those members who joined us on a very successful oversight visit Thank uh, the Deputy Minister and General Satole, the provincial Commissioner of Gauteng, for their hard work, uh, for sending us a very senior delegation um, for ensuring that our oversight visit was a huge success. Honorable members, we are planning an oversight visit for uh, the next constituency period, and uh, we'll be keeping you informed Uh, Thank you very much to the staff for all your hard work. Uh, We have improved considerably since our last oversight visit, but there are still glitches and hiccups, and I'll be doing the housekeeping as we finish because we first want to be doing our work. I don't need too much time. Uh, We don't want to lose our members. Honorable members, I am... Uh, going to, I've done the um, apologies, I've done the opening remarks. Uh, I'm not going to do matters arising. I'm just going to do the adoption of the agenda, and then I'll do the minutes. Uh, do I have a proposal for the adoption of the agenda, please?
0: Chairperson,
2: I move for the adoption. Honourable Thank you, Siak- Honorable
1: Whoop. Thank you, Honorable Siabi. Do I have a seconder? Peacock seconds. Thank you very much, Honorable Peacock. Uh, Could we now go
0: to the minutes, please? Uh, Could I start by page one of the minutes? Do you
1: have any corrections? You can
0: scroll down. Page one. Page two, page two, page three,
1: you can go to page four. Thank you very much, honorable members. Do you have any corrections? Do you have any additions? Uh, I have uh, uh, the minutes presented to you. The minutes are before you. Uh, Honourable members, do I have a proposal for adoption?
0: Peacock proposes for adoption, Chair. Peacock proposes adoption. Do I have a second? Linda Moss second it. Thank you, Honourable Moss. Uh, thank you, Honourable members.
1: The agenda is adopted. The minutes are adopted we are not having long 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 inputs today and uh, we'll keep all our inputs to a minimum honorable deputy minister and general Zettoli for the sake of load shedding so you just not read everything on your presentation we received your presentation and we have read your presentation i still want to take questions and answers Honorable Deputy Minister, you can introduce your presentation. Uh, We have seen the names. We have seen the names on the participants. We have 41 participants. So, uh, Honorable Moss, can you please mute your mic? Uh, No disruptions in the meeting. Uh, Honorable Deputy Minister, you can introduce your team and you can start your presentation. Don't give us the names of your team. We saw them all here. Uh, Honourable Grunewald, welcome. Uh, Honourable, I've seen Whitfield, Sheikimam, Ter Blanche, all our members, uh, Shembeni, if I haven't mentioned your name, it's simply because uh, as you move
0: along, I will be doing so. Deputy Minister. I apologize, I didn't realize my I am muted.
4: I'm sorry, Chair. Thanks, no, th- I was thanks. Just
1: going to tell you now. Thanks, DM.
4: Yeah, no, th- thank you very much I, for, for this and good morning to you and to committee members here. We will not take much of your time. I'll request the National Commissioner General Stoller to lead in the presentation together with the with the team. Over to you, General Stolle, uh, if you may allow, Chair, through you.
5: Uh, thank you very much, DM, uh, for the lead. Uh, good morning, Chair and the Honorable Member. Uh, I, I think, uh, Chair, I am then not going to introduce the team as you have indicated, but present is Deputy National Commissioners, Divisional Commissioners, and other relevant, uh, that is officers. Our presentations today, they are going to be led by both the Mayor General Leon Rabi and the Lieutenant General Dimpane. It's a two-phase presentation. Uh, With your permission, Chair, I can give them the floor in that order. Thank you, Chair. (laughs)
1: Thank you very much, General Satole. You can hand over now, you may start.
6: Um, Good morning, Honorable Chair, Honorable members of the committee, our Honorable Deputy Minister and the Senior Managers of the South African Police Service, the National Commissioner and the Deputy National Commissioners. Honorable Chair, as uh, introduced, we will be focusing on the progress of what we've made with the implementation of the post audit action plan, as the National Commissioner indicated, there will be two parts of the presentation of which I will deal with performance information, and uh, General Dampane will deal with the financial audit portion of the presentation. As far just brief, some background. Uh, there was an increase in the number of material findings over the last two audit periods, uh, from 10 to 15, although the actual number of findings were less. We did receive an unqualified opinion, but uh, linked to that, we had material findings and in the previous financial year, the audit focused on Program Two, and just for the current audit that is being conducted, the focus is on Programs Two and Three. That includes the investigation portion as well, and this post audit action plan was developed to address the audit uh, findings in the previous audit. Um, so we are we are monitoring a total. which uh, deals with the performance information portion, a total of eighty five um, actions, of which. Uh, 20 have been concluded and 65 is currently in progress. But I need to mention the ones in progress is because of the fact that they stretch throughout the audit period and uh, they do not necessarily mean that we have not yet addressed them. The first part, uh, Chair, is uh, what we've implemented is certain generic actions that talks to audit readiness and making sure that all environments are audit ready. And what we have already implemented is the relevance and viability of internal controls where we made sure that all the internal controls were reviewed in terms of the requirements. And we are currently conducting periodic sampling of those as the audit uh, proceeds to make sure that there is compliance and where deviations are then identified, and we have also identified a second or implemented a second effort to to make sure that we address gaps that we've identified in the post-audit action plan. The reliability, accuracy, and completeness of information. Uh, Currently, what we do, Chair, we use two entities within SAPS, internal audit and the crime registrar, to assist us with focused audit and inspections to continuously validate the information that has been submitted and initiating interventions in those areas where problems are identified. And then also at the same time, internal audit is assisting with the auditing of the process uh, implementation of the post audit action plan. As far as preparing for audit is concerned, uh, Chair, we have received the audit uh, strategy from internal, uh, from IGSA. So we already commenced with the audits. We have our steering subcommittees at national level. We have steering committees at divisional and provincial level as well. And we have communicated. We are aware of all the areas that will be audited. And we're known we have also then deployed task teams to make sure that audited locations are ready for audit. The audit uh, currently, as, uh, as the audit proceeds, we are currently attending all the opening and closing meetings, and we have had our preparatory sessions. The audit locations that are audited are required to provide us with audit readiness certificates. And uh, as the audit proceeds in its current format, we make sure that management is present from both provincial and uh, location level as we co- uh, as we proceed with the audits. Then uh, coming to the second part of the post audit action plan on performance information chair, we are focusing on specific root causes. This is now informed by findings that were made within the visible policing or program two environment. So we are we have initiated certain actions to make sure that in this specific environment that those root causes are addressed. So the key actions and the headings of the title. Uh, or the headings of each one of the slide actually talks to the root causes that has been identified that needs to be addressed. On the first one, the understanding in terms of the interpretation of our performance measures, of we currently have uh, awareness sessions that are being conducted by the divisions that has been affected by the audit. Uh, we have also made sure that the performance agreements of the relevant managers at the relevant levels are including the issues that should be um, the, derived from the uh, annual performance plan of the South African Police Service. We have concluded, we had a workshop on the audit analysis that has been uh, concluded, the root causes has been identified. And following that, we have purified all the performance uh, information's technical indicated descriptions to ensure that gaps that were identified in the audit has been addressed. The monitoring and uh, quarterly monitoring of and reporting guidelines that has been introduced to all the provinces they're specifically programmed to they are currently busy with the provincial visits to conclude the process and uh, those areas where we had identified problems in terms of firearm recoveries and escapes uh, directives has been issued and is currently being communicated to address it the functions of the divisional and provincial audit steering committees have been clearly defined we have actually written the terms of reference for each one of these committees to make sure that they, their activities is in line with the requirements. As I already mentioned, the quarterly review sessions are conducted and the next one is upcoming in that specific environment. Practical guidelines, and uh, that includes the National Instruction Standard Operating Procedures, et cetera. Chair, the committee will note that this uh, activity or these two activities has been concluded. And we are currently in a process of implementing these directives. We have also um, the um, component or division visible policing and operations have also issued. You will see in the presentation, we make reference to a 318 directive dated the end of December where specific guidelines were issued by the division to ensure that there's compliance at the relevant levels in terms of actions, as well as certificates that needs to be submitted. And currently we are waiting for the compliance certificates from the provinces. The full assessment of the internal controls, we have done that, as I've indicated. The current one that we are still in progress is the one that relates directly to crime indicators and the registration of crime. There is still some issues that we are addressing Uh, as far as that specific or that set of internal controls are concerned. The awareness, uh, effective communication of the internal controls, the divisions involved are conducting their workshops, for example, on the recovery of firearms and also the functionality of the relevant corporate systems to ensure that when actions are being captured on the systems that it's done according to this specific internal controls and guidelines. We are, we are currently busy with a process on a to use our um, communication capabilities that we have, our TV monitors, our WhatsApps and SMSs to continuously communicate um, our awareness on the audit process itself, as well as the, the findings that were made and corrective measures that we need to be implemented. Non, as far as non-compliance is concerned, there was a directive issued. I've already referred to that. The province and the Division of Visible Policing is currently waiting for the certificates on compliance to make sure that there's uh, appropriate sanctions being implemented. We have also conducted investigations on the previous audit outcomes, and uh, we have requested feedback in, on all of the uh, disciplinary actions that we instituted. And we also uh, investigated the matter whether there's intentional manipulation of crime, because that can might constitute a criminal offence uh, that has been uh, concluded and just on that note we uh, no evidence could be found on Chair, that there was deliberate manipulation of crime you know that affected our reporting on performance information as far as the uh, accountability is uh, we have communicated exactly what the accountability lines are we have all each one of the audit locations are currently submitting an audit readiness certificate to certify that they've done a, a pre or a pre-ordered visits, that they can certify, for instance, that the management information is accurate, valid, and complete, and is ready for audit by internal audit. We are activating the Compliance Board uh, to address issues of, of serious non-compliance. Uh, that has been finalized. We are just currently waiting for the National Commissioner to appoint the Compliance Board chairperson and members of the committee. Um, I've already addressed the remedial action and the consequent management chair with reference to the process that was initiated by visible policing that where they are currently waiting for the outcomes and certificates. Clarification of the, the management roles and responsibilities. We had workshops in the, the sorry, that workshops in six of the provinces. They've developed exactly what the roles and responsibilities of management on the various levels are. And that has been communicated. And as I, as I already referred to the process, they are currently attending to the three outstanding provinces. Uh, the quick wins on our we the corporate system integration um, one of the problems that uh, contributed to the findings that has been made uh, SAPS has got a number of corporate systems, and we have identified in certain instances there are shortcomings on the corporate systems. Either in one of two ways: the one is that we it does not it does not test the validity and accuracy of information, or there is not integration between the relevant systems. So, currently we are busy with uh, um, in technology management services, specifically on systems such as CAS ICDMS, our even our uh, provisional administration systems, etc. Uh, also, the um, enhanced firearm. Control system, etc., where we want to make sure that those systems have the necessary capability to identify potential gaps in the recording, but also at the same time that uh, we establish linkages between systems to do- draw data from other systems, for instance, into CAS ICDMS. The data sets uh, on our chair, we have put measures in place. Uh, we are currently Uh, With TMS, looking at the um, effective flow of data that we get from uh, CETA, we are dependent on CETA for the purpose of providing the department with data sets on all our transactions, because normally those are not day-to-day functions that we have access to. But we are looking at the Management Information Center at CETA to expedite that process. And then in the strategic management office, we have established a SharePoint database where we upload all the data sets that we receive to make sure that it's accessible to both AGSA and to our audit locations. Uh, The systems, uh, we are also developing, Honourable Chair, the uh, annual performance monitoring system of SAPS uh, through CETA. We are currently undergoing the testing. We have submitted uh, certain enhancements that had to be done. We have also requested that certain um, registers be uh, systemized or digitalized. Uh, unfortunately, in a number of environments, keeping in mind, Chair, that we have 15 business units reporting on performance information, and, uh, and some of these transactions are quite a number. We are talking, for instance, on contact crime, about half a million uh, plus transactions per annum. And in some instances, we still are dependent on manual systems for the purpose of reporting. So we are busy with TMS and organizational development to see which of these systems can be g- digitalized so that we have more accurate in-time information available and not dependent on manual systems. Uh, another issue that was identified, Chair, was the rotation of personnel, where uh, it is the policy that has been implemented by the organization that allows for the the rotation of personnel, et cetera. But one of the um, unintended consequences associated with that is that from time to time, people with the necessary skills and competencies are then being rotated. So we are currently sensitizing management to make sure that where the principle of rotation is uh, applied, that we make sure that the people coming in have the necessary skills and competencies to perform the tasks. The post-audit action plan, Honourable Chair, we, we do submit our monthly reports to both yourself and the, and the audit committee, and it's also currently being audited by internal audit. And um, we have also looked at the fact, uh, Honourable Chair, hopefully you will recall that uh, previously in my presentation, I referred to audit readiness certificates. We are currently looking at the legality of that specific process and whether people can or should be held accountable for the fact when they certify a audit location as ready, certifying that uh, the necessary assessments have been done, but then we still have findings as far as that is concerned. We have also established a database with all the findings from uh, internal and external uh, assurance providers, and also looking at findings that are made from the inspectorate environment. Uh, as far as the uh, that specific audit history is concerned, Jay, we have indicated that we. We are, have assessed the last three years, the audit reports, the inspection reports, etc., to determine the, the generic root causes that are contributing to audit findings. We have established nodal points at all the audit locations and the business units that are being audited. And we have also activated, as I referred to earlier, our divisional audit steering committees and provincial audit steering committees in the provinces, just for interest's sake all nine provinces from both program two and three, all nine provinces are normally audited during an audit cycle. Uh, That as far as the uh, repeat contributors, we've already referred to that, that formed the basis of the audit, uh, uh, post audit action plan, where the actions that we are currently taking is being informed by those specific root causes contributing and those specific areas where we have repeat audit findings. Uh, We are also, Chair, looking at, uh, we are currently busy with uh, um, human resource management to look at the impact of audit outcomes on the assessment of individuals to make sure that where we have repeat audit findings and negative uh, or an increase in audit findings that the managers in those respective uh, environments are appropriately addressed. And for instance, also then looking at the value and the weight that is associated with audit findings when we look at the assessment of individuals. So that is very brief, uh, what is currently happening as far as the performance in information environment is concerned. We are currently in the middle of, uh, or very close to the end of a, um, the interim audit. Um, we, what we see is there is improvement in terms of the um, visible policing environment program too. And, uh, but we now noted that the new programs that has not been audited in the past two years that we see new emerging findings in that environment. And unfortunately, we are still noting certain repeat findings, which we are attending to. Uh, We are, for instance, on this uh, area, we're having a post, a a, um, audit steering committee on performance information tomorrow to get progress on the current audit and then to get feedback from the respective business units on findings that has been made as well as the materiality thereof. Okay, this slide, um, I just want to give an update because uh, there's been uh, some updates as far as slide 27 is concerned. The audit locations as on 4 March, we have dealt with 12 out of the 18. There's six that still needs to be audited before the end of the financial year. As far as the communication, the COMFs, those are your communication of findings. We are uh, receiving uh, 20 of uh, communication of findings. We have already received nine to which we are currently responding. We have received 20 requests for information to which we have, uh, sub- to which we have uh, responded. And uh, currently, uh, there's uh, six of the COMFs responses that has been submitted to AGSA. And we have received auditors' conclusions on three of those uh, from Pumalanga, Free State, and the Northwest. And this will then be interrogated and assessed during tomorrow's uh, meeting of the, the steering committee. Honorable Chair, with your permission, I will then now hand over to General Dampane to deal with the second part of the presentation that deals with the financial audit. Thank you, Honorable Chair.
1: Uh, thank you, General Rabi, for that section. Uh, honorable members, we'll uh, continue immediately to section two. And I'll ask General Dimpani to start immediately with section two. Thank you, honorable members. Thank you, uh, Deputy Minister, National
0: Commissioner.
7: Thank you, honorable Chairperson. Good morning to the honorable chairperson, honorable committee members, our Deputy Minister, National Commissioner and all the senior management of the subs Uh, chair. In terms of the post audit actions in the financial audit, we are tracking 76 actions. And up to so far, 60 of those 76 have been completed. And we are having 16 actions that are in progress. In the next slide, chair, we just wanted to highlight that we are having eight actions in supply chain management. These actions are related to asset management. There is still in progress. There is one action surrounding a supply chain, again, on procurement and contract management. It's still in progress. We have three actions that are still in progress within corporate support. That will be your heritage assets, your network assets within the TMS environment. We've got two that are still in progress with two still in progress within the legal services environment. Chairperson, in terms of the status in the next slide, as I indicated, within supply chain management, we had four findings which related to the movement in the asset register, which did not reconcile to source documents. We had 12 action steps, which is 97 completed up to so far with the remaining 3% envisaged to be completed on the 31st of March. The 3% that is remaining percent is mainly on the, related to the system updates, but we envisage that this system updates would have been completed by the 31st of March. Um, still on asset management, two findings which related to minor asset register, which needed to be purified. We had 12 action steps of which 99% has been completed. This 1% that is remaining is as a result of the user acceptance testing to be finalized during uh, March. This also relates to the system updates that supply chain management is currently finalizing and working on. In the next slide, still on asset management, we also had two findings which related to assets not recorded on the asset register. This was during the completeness testing by AGSA. There were four action steps, which is 95% completed. The remaining 5% is as a result of an investigation that has been requested to be conducted by organizational development in respect of barcoding. Uh, Still on asset management, we are having one finding on heritage assets where the finding related to an incomplete asset register and valuation, we had three action steps still in progress which uh, then 45 percent was completed this remaining 55
0: percent will be completed upon conclusion of a bid process that we are currently embarking on uh, as the department in the next slide we have supply chain finding
7: in terms of disclosure of operating leases this uh, finding in terms of the actions we are 99 percent. The remaining 1% is as a result of the user acceptance testing to be finalized uh, during the week of March uh, 2022. This as a person also in, uh, relates to the system updates. What we have decided as we dealt with this action was to rather than look into uh, automating most of these actions, and it necessitated us to then request system updates in terms of our asset register. Within the supply chain, we had procurement-related findings. We had two that were related to subcontracting as well as local content. The one that relates to subcontracting was as a result of about six bits that when they were interrogated, it was found that uh, the conditions that uh, we are supposed to Specify on the tendering processes that successful bidders must subcontract at a minimum of 50 percent uh, It was found that that was not done. In terms of local content, it was one finding uh, that was found in Limpopo, where the quotations did not specify that the tender, the conditions on the on the tender, that uh, only locally produced goods must be sourced. We then put 10 actions in place to deal with this particular uh, procurement uh, uh, related uh, findings. Those 10 actions have been completed. They include actions such as interventions held in provinces, follow-ups and assistance uh, from the division supply chain management rendered to provinces, review of seculars and issuing of seculars as well as workshops and consequence management where it was found that uh, members were Uh, non-compliant and they were negligent in terms of their duties. Then we also had 15 other non compliance findings on contract and bid uh, management. So these interventions that we did as a department uh, touched on all this non-compliance in terms of the procurement environment as well as contract management. Training was provided, workshops were provided to all divisions as well as provinces in this regard. So those actions, all of them, have been completed with the national uh, circulars as well as instructions reissued to all of us in the department. We also had one finding on irregular expenditure, which was long outstanding in terms of investigations. The division supply chain management embarked on an intervention in all provinces where we interrogated all these outstanding transactions. And interventions were concluded. Up to so far, we were left with case at end where we need them to conclude uh, the interventions as well as to close this long outstanding investigations. Jefferson, in terms of slide thirty four. The findings were in the main in the environment of TMS. Uh, Chairperson and the committee will recall that we were struggling with the qualification in this area of network assets. So, in the main, during the interim audit, Chairperson, we then uh, reviewed completely our asset register assisted by AGSA the action steps that are completed were completed during the interim audit and they were cleared by uh, AGSA. Hence, we managed to obtain an unqualified audit opinion. So as and when we submitted our register, those that were picked up included discrepancies of the network asset register and supporting documents on our uh, past register. Uh, Those discrepancies were highlighted to us, we rectified them on the spot. So, during the final audit, these were rectified. We had findings such as components incorrectly disclosed as assets under investigation. Now, on this one, we had five action steps which we needed to deal with, of which 90% is completed. We are having 10% as a result of a forensic internal audit that we have sanctioned as subs management in this regard. They were other components that could not be found we then sanctioned an investigation it is progressing we are in decision to receive a report very soon so that we can have an understanding as to what has happened to these um, components or these assets that could not be found when we did our complete review of this area we also had findings such as assets that could not be traced back to the asset register Assets not correctly valued due to incorrect debt capitalization. As I indicated, these were uh, during the interim audit. We rectified them and eventually our register was cleared and we managed to resolve this qualification area. We had um, other findings where we uh, uh, were not picked up by age, we were picked up by ourselves and we said we are going to follow up this and rectify so that then we prevent reoccurrence of this. We are looking at the management and control of SAP's network assets. We have had engagements with CETA. We are still uh, proceeding. We envisage that decisions as well as these actions will be completed by 31st March in terms of how and who should control this sub-network assets. So that particular progress um, uh, is continuing and we believe that by the 31st of March, we would have concluded this particular matter. We also had on slide 35 findings within legal services. We had contingent liabilities not completely recorded in the accounting records. We had one action step that we needed to conclude. It is 92% completed. The remaining 8% relates to the last quarter certification, which should be completed by the 31st of March. We don't envisage any problems there, Chairperson. Understatement of contingent liabilities resulting from negative amounts was also another finding. We had one action step, which is 95% complete, uh, with the remaining 5% relating to the last quarter which is a visit to the Northwest as well as Eastern Cape, and a final reconciliation by provinces, which we have instructed that by the 15th of March, this must have been completed, and we will then uh, sign off on the 31st of March. All these transactions are taking place in provinces. Hence, our action plan, we then said, as national, we will have to then intervene, go to these provinces, do workshops, train, and also assist provinces and intervene, so that uh, Uh, conclusion of the financial statements for this year, all these uh, findings have been uh, concluded and resolved. We had contingent liability schedules overstated with the provision claims. Those action steps had been concluded. They included uh, actions such as issuing of directives, reviewing of systems, as well as uh, interventions and forums that we called all provinces to explain and intervene and train where there was a need for us to train. So in terms of the last three, all these actions have been completed. Jefferson, in terms of slide 36, we had findings that related uh, to the risk and integrity management environment, as well as HRM in the main, there were findings where it was picked up that we are having members of the police that are owning taxes and we had employees doing business with the state. We had actions uh, for the first one, which included us engaging with the National Department of Transport, purification of databases, investigations, and consequence management, where there was a need. All those actions have been completed, Chairperson. Uh, in terms of employees doing business with the state, We also uh, have identified the need for us to engage with other state departments such as DPSA, Treasury, and to also enhance our disclosure forms where members will then, upon uh, employment, will be forced to disclose whether they are doing any business with the state. Those actions have been concluded in this regard, Chair. And in relation to the staff's appointment uh, processes, there was an internal control deficiency that was highlighted there in terms of the finding. And we had three action steps where we then said we were going to verify qualifications before uh, appointment or enhance these processes of verification because we are verifying, but we needed then to enhance the control systems arou- surrounding this verification and also engaging with uh, other role players and stakeholders such as SACWA In this regard, those actions have been completed, Chair. In conclusion, Chair, the post audit action plan was developed immediately upon receipt of the final report from AGSA. We had a three-day session where we completed this action plan. It was approved by the National Commissioner immediately in October. We have steering committees that we immediately activated last year in November to monitor progress and to ensure that we hold ourselves accountable to deal with this and complete these actions. The steering committees are uh, proceeding well. We have now included AGSA because they are uh, already uh, dealing with the interim audit in three provinces. The selected provinces, as per the audit strategy, they, we, they form weekly steering committee meetings with us so that we can guide and intervene where they need. I must indicate, Chair, that um, there are three provinces that have been audited up to so far. That will be your KZN Houting and Free State. Up to so far, we only have three commerce. There are no material issues and material findings. Of note, out of these three provinces, we do not have any finding relating to procurement as well as contract management. Thank you, Chairperson. That will be all from my side.
1: Uh, thank you very much, General Dimpani. Um, Honourable members and uh, Deputy Minister and National Commissioner. Before I start with the questions from the Honourable members, the uh, CETA and Seps told us that the CETA board would sit by last week and that... Um, the matter of the Central Firearm Registry would have been taken to the board of CETA. I called the deputy minister, I also called um, the head of CETA, who who said that in the committee. And I'd like to know if by now that board sat, because uh, on Monday, they had not sat yet. I'm very concerned that you come to the committee, even if it's through CETA, and you make certain commitments to the committee, and those commitments are never met. So I'm not going to lament on CETA again, but as the police, you brought uh, this matter to our attention, CETA brought this matter to our attention, and commitments were made. So honorable members, I'm very disturbed by this. Uh, Before we start and uh, take the questions, I I wanted to mention it. Uh, I'll take the first round of questions. Uh, DM General Satole, when I take responses, could you first respond to the Central Fire Arm Registry, please? Um, I've noted the following hands. I start with honorable Whitfield, honorable uh, Gurnewald, Honourable Tablanch, and Honorable Shambeni and Siabi. Honorable Siabi, may I also ask that um, if you do not, if you do not hear me responding efficiently, can you just assist me with the chairing? Uh, my load shedding has started. I hope my generator is going to keep me going. Uh, but my network is already showing signs of instability. So Honorable Siabi, just help me, Uh, Honorable Whitfield, Grunewald, Tablanche, Shembeni, Siabi, and then Peacock. Please, can you ask two questions for now? Each member, you can ask two questions, and then I'll hand over to SAPS to respond. That order, Whitfield, Grunewald, Tablanch. You may start two questions.
8: Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I will be as brief as possible. Uh, Chair, my first question relates to shortcomings that have been identified in the SAPS appointment process. Uh, Can we get some answers as to why SAPS appoint personnel without verifying qualifications? uh, And if there've been any interventions in this respect or against which criteria? So that just deals with the um, appointment process. That's the first question. Uh, And the second question, Chairperson, relates to, I suppose, page 19 uh, on integration or systems integration, and perhaps also um, uh, is linked to your concerns about CETA and the Central Firearms Registry. Um, A couple of of weeks ago, we were told that payment to suppliers is taking place within 30 days. Uh, Yet we now have the Criminal Records Centre and Crime Scene Management Centre, whose doors have been locked, Chairperson, uh, due to non-payment of the landlord. The landlord has locked the doors. There are no police clearance certificates being issued. And there is a um, uh, uh, an impact as well on the issuing of firearm licenses because the automated fingerprint identification system is uh, temperamental at best, is on and offline. So the first question deals with the appointment processes of SAP's personnel and the failure to verify qualifications. And the second question relates to the Criminal Records Centre and the impact on performance of non-payment of suppliers and the uh, disruption in service delivery due to the failures of the AFIS system. I think it's a very current issue, uh, and I think that members are probably getting a number of queries in this regard. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank
1: you very much. Honorable
9: Tablanch and then Honorable Shembeni. Uh, I thought it was me who's going oh, to speak. Sorry, you know, sorry. Can I continue?
1: Yes, sorry, sorry, Honorable Khunnavat.
9: Thank first, you. Hon-
1: and then Tablanch.
9: Thank you, Honorable Chair. Chair, I, my first question is uh, in terms of slide 26. Uh, where it says uh, the challenges on the implementation of uh, the process, and it says there are still repeat findings and new emerging findings. I would like to know uh, what are these new emerging findings, uh, Honourable Chair. My second question is on slide 36. Uh, it is about the risk and integrity management. Uh, it was findings about members of the police owning taxis and uh, also doing business with the state, and it says five action steps, which is 100% completed, and in uh, the business uh, those may having doing business with uh, the state, eight action steps were, which is 100% completed. I would like to know what were these action steps. Thank you, chair.
10: Thank you, Honorable Groenewald, Honorable Tablanch, and then uh, Shimbeni Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I want to acknowledge that it's quite evident that a significant effort was made by the management to clear some of these issues. But, Chairperson, there are still a lot of issues and the majority is still in the supply chain management environment. And um, you know what worries me is that many of the findings do not have any actions aligned to it to address the shortcomings. And those that have actions have not been completed at the end of December uh, 2021. Chairperson, and then this is another, my last question. I just want to hear from the police, whether they are or how far are they whether introduction of a transparent or open contracting sort of um, process that is normally a very powerful tool, you know, to combat corruption, etc. Those are my questions for now,
0: Chairperson. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank you very much, Honorable Tablanch. Honorable Shembeni.
0: Uh, thank you, Chairperson.
11: Yes, I'm being covered a little bit by uh, Honorable Ruthfield. But let me put the question this week. Can the department provide us with the details on the shortcomings identified in the SAPS appointment processes? Secondly, on the very same question, why does the SAPS appoint personnel without the verification of qualifications? What action steps are taken? to address these challenges. What is the status of the employees appointed irregularly? That is without the valid qualifications. At which level or the ranks were these appointments made? What disciplinary action was taken against the responsible manager? And how to recover the costs after those appointments were done? Secondly, can the department explain the specific measures that were put up in place to address the problems within the SAPS supply chain division as per the BRRR recommendations? Lastly, Chair, are the regular lifestyle audits completed on supply chain personnel? Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honorable Shembeni,
1: Honorable Siabe, Peacock, and then Sheikh
2: Thank you, Chair. Uh, and good morning to DM, um, National Commissioner, and the team and colleagues. Because of load shedding, you can see I'm sitting under the tree chair. Uh,
1: uh uh I think your your, your umbrella looks very good
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes sir um my question is uh, we were once told of the process of um, restructuring how far is the pro is that process of restructuring and I'm asking this question in the context of the presentation that is that is made, that there's always a complaint that the the substructure is top-heavy. How far is that process of restructuring? Secondly, there are advertisements for recruitment of police officers. Now, in terms of the report on performance, there is a there's a minimal resources in visible policy. I just want to know, out of the 12,000 or so, positions that uh, are going to be recruited, how are these positions going to be distributed in the whole substructure? I saw somewhere they even require a Bachelor of Sciences degrees now, how are these twelve thousand positions going to be going to be distributed throughout the structure? And just to check, finally, check whether the the plan put before us somewhere the steps are completed hundred percent somewhere ninety five percent are this uh, pre audited to make sure that by the time real audit happens at the end of the financial year, they are found to be in line with what the AG requires. Thanks, Jay.
1: Honorable Siabi, thank you very much. Uh, In line with with, with the questions asked by Honorable Siabi, could you include a question from me on the reservists? I was really horrified when I watched the program um, our reservists, uh, they haven't qualified for medicals or they haven't uh, qualified for fitness, uh, but they've been reservists, or so some of them for 10 years without being paid. They are issued with uniforms and weapons, and they have literally become an admitting to having become criminals themselves. So um, this problem of, of uh, reservists, Uh, Will we continue having reservists who do not meet criteria? Will we inform them that they will not be appointed? Uh, Couldn't we use this um, new intake as an opportunity to review our position on reservists? Uh, Thank you very much. Honorable Peacock and then honorable Sheikh Imam.
3: Good morning, Chair. Morning to the DM members of the portfolio committee, the national commissioner, as well as the SEPS delegation. Let me first start by acknowledging the presentation made today regarding the post-audit action plan. My question, not really a question, Chairperson, uh, on the presentation made, especially on supply chain, you can see that there's, there is some improvements but my my most concern that I'm having is that uh, with regard to the findings that are there now, and you see that the findings the findings are also linked to part of Sita. The same, the findings are also uh, linked to 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 the to the to the to 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 how. Uh, Seps is trying to manage the supply chain management process. Now my recommendation would be chairperson I remember on the last presentation made by Seps with regard to the supply chain management was we should get a presentation most we said or at least every month to see the progress on supply chain management. And on that presentation chairperson with regard to this finding we would also recommend that the internal audit committee or the internal audit team should form part of that presentation so that we will be able to analyze and look specifically on these issues that have been stated here if the process is really well documented because if you if you look into the presentation there's lack of with regards to the source of source documents with regard to the net, network assets so we will need to have a presentation with internal audit for us to make sure or to be in a position so that we'd be able to make a clear and proper uh, clear and proper uh, observation or to play a correct over, over oversight role with regards to the presentation itself. Not to say that I don't trust the presentation, but I, I, I still believe we need to get the internal audit team so that we'll be sure and clearly verified that we are on the correct track and we are moving to the right direction. With regards to the network asset issues, I would also recommend that SEP should make a presentation with a, with a, the presence of CETA to make sure that this, this post audit actions plan speaks also to what CETA is intending to do because it does not help we get the presentation concepts at the end of the day when you do a comparison with what CETA has it's a different story. Based on the the history that we have with CETA and CEPs hence I'm saying that we need always to do checks and balances so I think that's all from my side. Thank you Sheperson. Thank you Honorable
1: Peacock, Shepty Mom and then yeah, thank we'll get responses. Thanks, Sheik Imam.
12: Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I'm, I'm, I'm currently in three different meetings and about to join the fourth one, the chief force So please pardon me for not being able to follow all of them accurately at the same time. Now, Jefferson, if you remember that when we interrogated the issue of supply chain, particularly on the corruption we found during the time of the PPE scandal, The department was supposed to have come and given us a comprehensive report to explain why on a particular product like the five liter sanitizer, they paid 450 rand in one company and 160 rand in the other companies. They were supposed to come back and do that. They did not do that. But very importantly, they did highlight that there may be a problem in terms of red tape in the supply chain process. And maybe they need to elaborate on that so that how we could actually find a way of dealing with the challenges that they face, But what I want to know, and I think one of our wonderful members have alluded to that already, will CEPS be the first one, the first department to follow a absolutely transparent process of supply chain and procurement in the country? In other words, after even the contract is awarded, telling us who they awarded it to, who are the company owners, what was the value of the contract, and how much you're paying for each item. In that case, you'll be saving a lot of money in the country. So, that is my first question. Sheperson, the second one is the issue of restructuring. Now, there is a very low morale amongst police officers. And I think you've just alluded to something like that earlier on, I've spoken to somebody yesterday 22 years as a warrant officer, no promotion whatsoever. And they believe that promotions are being given to those handpicked. By senior officers of the law and, uh, South African police service.
5: Mm-hmm. And that
12: is why so many of them are disgruntled. That is why you're losing skills in the South African police services and quite fast to the private sector. So that is my, 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 my second. The third thing is this we do accept and understand there is corruption all over. However, we can't accept corruption in the law enforcement because. These are the people that have a specific mandate to uphold the rule of law. Now, we find that whilst you might be doing some uh, uh, check and uh, investigation on, on these people when you take them on, I'm of the understanding that these lifestyle orders do not continue during their period of time. Now, if you saw the latest report, uh, on the deaths by suicide, of South African police services. So sometimes we blame law enforcement for everything we blame the police service. And we don't understand what they have to go through when they get to a scene of a crime, of a murder, which is horrific, how it affects them psychologically and emotionally. I don't believe, Chairperson, in having discussion with many people in the law enforcement that Seps is doing enough about dealing with this problem of, of, of providing them psychosocial support and protection. Let me stop there for now. Chairperson, if you could pardon me, I'm uh, joining the Chief cooks meeting Thank you, Chairperson. Uh,
0: thank you very much, Honorable Sheikh Imam. Uh, Honorable Marekwa.
13: Thank you, Chairperson. And uh, let me also uh, greet uh, the Deputy Minister, the Commissioner, General Sitole and the delegation from SAPS and the honorable members on the platform. Uh, Let me also take this opportunity, chairperson, to welcome the report as presented to us this morning and also to appreciate that uh, when looking into the report, one uh, appreciates that there are areas in the report where there has been completion or conclusion in terms of what was being done in terms of the findings that have been reported and that, that also gives hope that there is work being done on the those findings that they have been concluded. Others at 90%, others at 50%. But what I am concerned about is that in most of the findings, some of them are still are mentioned as in process. And there is no time frame given to say when, or at least a day to say when do we envisage to have completed these uh, findings and, bring the metal, whole matters under conclusion. The other part that I would want to raise uh, on the reports, particularly on this find, is when you check from page 16, 19, page 20, up until page 25, then most of them are in process. I think in the report, it's only on page 34. That gives a, a kind of holistic information that says, this has been concluded and there is a time frame like thirty-first of May will be completing this. That is what the, uh, the police report is saying. The other part that I want to talk to a chairperson is on the recruitment. I think other members have spoken about the appointment or recruitment, whatever we call it. But I think the recruitment process in SAPS is something that needs to be given serious attention because we cannot have a, a new member today starting as a constable. And then tomorrow there is a case against the member having been involved in some crime or something outside there. And that brings also the image and the reputation of the police. Uh, it, it harms that image of the police. So I think recruitment processes needs really to be seriously looked into to make sure that we bring people who really want to do the job of the police. Like to avoid things that talk to uh, owning taxis, owning, having businesses with the with government and doing other things outside of the police, which is not, uh, which is against the law or the regulations or the uh, rules of the police. So I think we need to really pay attention to our recruit, to the recruitment process, and make sure that the real people and serious people about policing come into the police. Of what is happening currently outside there, the police is under tremendous pressure and attack. And undermining by communities to say that the police is not helping because we've got people within the police who are doing these things with other people and or criminals outside. It is also disturbing to find that young constable, young, young policemen in the police, when they are high, like the case in Rosetonville, you find that there are there is information that there are police involved. And how does those criminals also get the equipment of the police? So I think if we can tighten that area of recruitment, including appointments, we, whether lateral or so, we, if we can tighten that, it will assist and really bring respect back to the police. And the other part is on the... Top heavy structure, restructuring. Other members are mentioning it as restructuring. But I think top heavy structure, we have all, it is is important that we make sure that we have more people on the ground doing police work. More people on the ground doing police work rather than us being in the offices and doing, you know, stamping and all those other things i think it's important that south africa in the state where it is now we need more police on the field on the ground to assist in crime fighting and nothing else thank you so much
0: chair members have we lost Marekwa, or is it me no we heard her chair. uh oh so she's done now yes
1: yes chair All right. Thanks, Honorable Marekwa, Honorable DM and National Commissioner. Uh, Honorable members, you can lower your hands now. Uh, You may respond and just give your people opportunity to respond. Um, As I'm saying, we are doing well. We haven't lost too many many members yet. Uh, DM, you may start and then just hand over. Don't don't let the chair come in and, and, and waste more time. So the time to respond is absolutely yours. Thank you very much.
4: Thanks Chair, and thanks for for the questions that members have raised. I'll ask the commissioner and the team to lead the process of responding. Over to your commissioner and the team, uh,
0: through your chair. Uh, Thank
5: you very much. Honorable Chair, honorable members, and DM with your lead. Uh, Let me start by expressing my appreciation to the questions raised by the honorable members and as well as the guidance that we're getting there from. Uh, As usual, I'm going to take the strategic related questions. And after all, I'm going to ask for permission for the deputies to take the floor and the, the relevant specific environments. Uh, Chair, firstly, the, the, the question with regard to the CETA port, it's going to be answered by Lieutenant General Vuma because the, she is dealing uh, with the matter. Uh, secondly, Chair, I would like to take the contract management question and indicate uh, to the committee that uh, yes, we started by designing the contract management strategy, uh, which we then formally introduced in the organization. I think it was also acknowledged by Scopa as the subs being the first department to introduce the contract management. strategy. The contract management committee, which has been established under the umbrella of the strategy, has been given a clear assignment to take contract management to the level of dealing transparently uh, with contracts. The information that is related on by the members will be available uh, soon uh, because the contract management team is driving the contract management process towards that particular direction. But they obviously started dealing with the damage control in terms of the damage which has been caused uh, already, especially more by corruption. Then the, the next question also joins, which is the measures that we have taken against the supply chain or what is happening there. Uh, I'm sure honorable members might have picked it up in the media that has been another takedown of 16 members, uh, which happened in February, uh, pertaining to the same actions rela- related to. The cleaning up of, of supply chain. And there's various members whose services were also terminated as a result of disciplinary action uh, that has taken place uh, within supply chain. In, in my view, there's there's almost uh, there's almost enough action taken and there's still action that is being initiated to clean supply chain further uh, going forward. The level of contamination was too much when we started. But uh, we're getting to a point where supply chain will just be at air a- a- that is division. And uh, it is important for us to also indicate that uh, the very same environment is under corporate renewal uh, uh, strategy. So we're trying to rebuild it so that uh, it also uh, present a better image for the organization. The restructuring process, Chair, uh, maybe it might just be important to indicate that uh, the top-heavy structure, the reduction process, has already taken place, although it's still in progress. Firstly, it's now a known fact that the deputy national commissioners has been reduced from six to three. And in terms of the current approved structure, it only provides for three deputy national commissioners. And divisions has been scaled down from 14, I'm sure, to nine. And and there's three divisions which were scaled down and and terminated as a result of reduction of the top-heavy structure. And the uh, directives were then very clear with regard to the disposal of those uh, positions. Uh, the, The CFO function was instructed to freeze the budget of those particular ranks so that it is taken down to production level. Uh, rather be used to employ more constables that, so that they are deployed at the stations than to keep it at the the high level. But then obviously there has been a lot of conflict of interest as far as restructuring is concerned. Today we proceed, tomorrow we hold on, tomorrow is another party. At the present moment, it has been unlocked and the the restructuring committee is continuing. There has been a recent sitting uh, under the chairpersonship of Lieutenant General Vuma. They were all there together with the unions. So it's still proceeding uh, again. All we would plead for it's support from all angles including the committee that the sooner we finish this process the better but then again if we do not proceed with the restructuring unfortunately there won't be enough resources on the ground because the budget that has been allocated is not enough to cater for all the police stations at the at the present moment so we are compelled to migrate the the current resources which are at the macro function down to production level. Then I think they would then also talk to the recruitment a a little bit more details. I only wanted to speak a little on reservists to say those, those reservists who might not be meeting requirements, but the HR will have to explain more, clear, more clear, clearer on this matter. I think we have also introduced the tourism reserve police force, police service, and as well as the Royal Reserve. And the those are permanent uh, type of uh Arrangement or complementary arrangement to the personnel plan of the organization. So they may as well be permanently absorbed into this particular new concept. But uh, obviously HR, HR will give more detailed uh, response as to why are they not uh, absorbed. Then the the payment of suppliers, I think the CFO function will respond more clearly. But what I wanted to point out to the committee is that when it comes to lease of buildings and other related type of supplier payment, there's then an overlap to public works. And we have also experienced some few problems uh, in which, Police were kicked out of buildings where it's not necessarily our responsibility to make sure that those needs are, those needs are paid. But then again, it also included, included a switch off of electricity. So it's a cross-cutting type of a, a responsibility at other times but the the more details pertaining to suppliers that are directly linked to us will be provided uh, by the CFO function. So for now, Chair, these are the responses that uh, I wanted to relate to from a strategic response point of view in order just to make sure that uh, these processes are well taken and they they also sustain. We've also activated the compliance board process from inspectorate so that it complement this particular uh, process of auditing. And the, we we have also developed an internal control framework in terms of Section Thirty Eight H. So, of the Public Finance Management Act, in order to make sure then that where there's been weak points and then then there's measures that are in place to make sure that we do not reverse uh, the situation. Chair, with your permission, the Deputy National Commissioners can take the floor. Thank you.
1: Thank you, National Commissioner. You may continue.
14: Good morning uh, to the Deputy Minister of Police, uh, Honorable Chairperson, and Honorable Members, our National Commissioner, all colleagues in the platform. Uh, today I struggled with the connectivity based on the load sharing. I could only capture the very first question, uh, which the National Commissioner said I will respond to. The question with regard to CETA. Uh, Challenges and issues is quite a serious one. Uh, I've spoken uh, to the CEO, Sita, who is equally says he he himself is also frustrated due to the fact that he says he cannot force the board to approve. They have said several times they are also going to sit on this. He even indicated to me that he had, as the chairperson, alluded spoken to our Honorable Chairperson uh, that maybe we need to request our Minister to intervene in that regard. It is quite a serious uh, issue. There is also, uh, with regard to the also restructuring as the National Commissioner has touched on it, actually. The restructuring has been a frustrating process for us as a committee. Uh, We should have uh, finalized it by now, but due to issues and challenges that the national commissioner has mentioned, we are unable to complete. But we have sat recently and we have conducted workshop with all provincial commissioners and the divisional commissioners. And we have mapped the direction. We had continuously have to change our date in order to make sure that we accommodate the time that has been lost during the time when we were required to put the process on hold. So as we said previously, we have agreed that the finalization of our restructuring will take place and be finalized in the next three months, meaning uh, um, I think by May, we shall have finalized all processes relating to restructuring. And the provinces, and the, uh, we will receive a directive this week still, for them to start sitting as all committees to engage on finalization of the restructuring. The I have received uh, information from my colleagues. As I said, I struggled with connectivity, and my wife, my wi was not working when uh, I broke from the uh, uh, lodging. So I'm informed that we have questions relating to recruitment, which I will request General Ranzia to handle them, uh, with your permission, Chairperson. And there's also questions relating to supply chain, risk and integrity where it talks about people who are doing business with the state as well as the CFO to respond on the other question relating to payment of suppliers within 30 days. Which it is indeed we are uh, ninety eight something percent in terms of payment of suppliers, but those that are not being paid are those that have got dependencies. With your permission, Chairperson, shall I request General Z to respond on HRM related questions, followed by General Rich on supply chain uh, risk and integrity on those dealing uh, with the members who are doing business with the state, and finally, CFO. Thank you, Chairperson.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, General Buma. Uh, You may
15: continue. Um, Good morning, uh, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members. Chair, I need to apologize in advance. I'm also having a power outage Uh, my network might be disturbed by the uh, power outage but greetings to you chair to also members of the committee the deputy minister of police uh, the national commission of police and all the colleagues that are in the platform chair in responding to the questions raised by members of the committee on hr related matters i'll start with the first two chair uh, the ones that are appearing in the audit findings And in terms of the two chairs, the first one uh, that was picked up by the AG was the issue of the reference checks. Uh, The file that they have checked, uh, Chair, at our forensic uh, lab uh, indicated that the form of the reference check was not in the file. And what we have done since this audit, Chair, we have issued a directive internally indicating to all provinces and divisions that all the appointments, documents that are submitting to head office part of the checklist, um, there must be reference checks. I can confirm, Chair, that with the current process that we are busy with of the recruitment of the 10,000, um, all the files are having reference checks. So we are starting to see uh, some positives, uh, Chair, out of the circular that we have issued. So we are not accepting any file as head office, uh, which doesn't have a reference check form. So that one, Chair, I can indicate that uh, measures have already been put in place and we'll continue to monitor that uh, there is compliance even in our inspections that we conduct in provinces and divisions. Uh, we also continue to check if uh, all the files, the appointment files, are having the reference checks. The second one, Chair, is the verification of qualifications. And uh, this one, I can indicate, Chair, that um, as it was indicated by the AG is that uh, every appointment that we do in the SAPS, we need to verify the qualification before the appointment. And what they have found is that few of those that they have checked the first chair, uh, their qualifications were not verified. The process that we are following, chair in the organization, is that we'll do all the process and uh, the, the successful candidates will submit all their appointment documents. And together with those appointment documents, the qualification will be there. So we take all the qualifications, we submit them to the South African Qualifications Authority for them to verify. And thereafter, they give us the feedback. I must indicate, Chair, that in terms of our memorandum of agreement with the SACWA, uh, their turnaround time is 30 days for them to give us feedback on their verification of qualifications. But in some cases, they might take longer depending on the work that they're supposed to do because some qualifications they are unable to find them on the system, they have to go to on the field and do some field work for them to give us feedback. So in some instances, they are taking a little bit long. But what we have done chair, we have put now measures in place to make sure that in our recruitment plan, we also factor in the 30 days before we can issue an appointment letter to make sure that we give SACWA enough chance uh, to verify the qualification. I must also indicate, Chair, that those um, uh, colleagues that we who will have appointed and later on, uh, SACA indicates that their qualification is fraudulent, we immediately start our disciplinary process, which also leads to termination because they'll have misrepresented uh, in terms of the documents that they have submitted. And we also open you know, criminal cases. But I can confirm that, Chair, every uh, appointment that we do, the qualification will be there. Unfortunately, from our naked eye, we are unable to determine that uh, this is a fraudulent uh, qualification. That is why we are submitting it to the South African Qualifications Authority. I can also indicate, Chair, that yes, the DPSA has issued a directive to all the government departments that qualifications must be verified. And I can also indicate, Chair, that SAPS is one of the departments that is doing well in terms of verification of qualifications. We get a budget allocation every year from the CFO uh, specifically for this project. We are verifying all the qualifications, but the problem uh, in this one was we, we appointed before we received the results from the South African Qualifications Authority, but uh, we are working towards correcting that chair. Then there was a question, chairperson, on the issue of the reserves. I think the National Commissioner has also spoken to it. Yes, I saw the clip uh, last week, chair. A checkpoint where they were uh, interviewing some of our reservists. I must indicate, here that since 2011, uh, SAPS has done a lot in terms of appointing or absorbing some of the reservists, especially those that were qualifying or those that are qualifying. Uh, the reservists that are actually complaining, majority of them are those that joined the police long time ago, Chairperson and uh, and they are not meeting the requirements because we had different categories of reserve. Some were joining the police without heavy metric. Uh, yes, some joined the police with metric and they had to also uh, follow all the processes or all the steps that a normal applicant follows. So majority of them, they are failing in terms of the medicals. The so majority of them are failing in terms of also the physical uh, fitness uh, chairperson but I must indicate that the SCPA has since amended uh, their um, requirements in terms of the recruitment of the reservists. What we have done, Chair, we are saying every reservist that joined the police now must meet the requirements of a permanent police officer so that it's easy for them uh, to apply for any post that we advertise in the SAPS. If the Chairperson wants us to give or to share the statistics of how many reservists we have absorbed since 2011, uh, I can make that information available, but since that clip at Chukwunche, I've also engaged with some provincial commissioners and said we need to, you know, uh, have a conversation as an organisation to say what are we going to do with the reserves that are not meeting the requirements currently and are still operating as a res- as reservies. So it's something that, as an organisation, together with our operational. Uh, counterparts we need to discuss and maybe come up with a solution and currently I cannot give a solution chair until that conversation has taken place uh, with the operational environment. And there was a question, chairperson, in terms of the current intake as to how is the allocation of the current intake. Um, chairperson, if you allow me, I can indicate that um, the ten thousand that we are busy with so that will be taken to the college first of April. Uh, we have distributed the 10,000 in different provinces. And in terms of them province, out of 10,000, they will be receiving 2,278. And this figure will be distributed between uh, our visible policing environment as well as the detectives. Uh, KwaZulu-Natal will be receiving 1,601. Western Cape will be receiving 1,158. Eastern Cape will be receiving 1,087. Free State will be receiving 1,006. Limpopo will be receiving 861. Mpumalanga will be receiving 690. Northwest will be receiving 624. Northern Cape, 501. And I also indicate, Chairperson, that um, POPS units will also be receiving 1,000 out of uh, these 10,000 posts that have been allocated. I can also indicate, Chair, that uh, even with this uh, uh, current uh, recruitment process, We have also prioritized our reservists and a number of them, they will also be going to the college in April. And uh, I think I have responded to all the HR related questions, Chair. If I have omitted any, um, I will be advised as such. And I also took note of the comment of uh, honorable member, Moraegua, who indicated that our recruitment or appointment process needs to be strengthened. And I can also indicate, Chair, that we had a recruitment in Dava in 2019, looking at uh, processes or uh, where we can improve or strengthen our recruitment process. We are continuously looking at how we can strengthen it and any inputs and advice, we do take that and make sure that we improve on our processes. Thank you very much, Chair, for the opportunity. Uh,
1: thank you very much. Next.
16: Uh, good, uh, good morning, Chairperson. Uh, am I audible, Chair?
1: Yes, General Rick, you may start.
16: Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, good morning to you, again, uh, Chairperson. Uh, good morning, Deputy Minister, National Commissioner, members of Parliament, and my colleagues. Uh, Chairperson, I'm uh, quickly going to respond on the uh, issues that was uh, given to uh, by the Nascom in terms of his explanation with regard to leases. Uh, yes, Chairperson, uh, uh, Honourable Watfield was correct in terms of the Crown Record Centre, which was uh, locked uh, by the lo- by the landlords. I, uh, as the National Commission was saying, we are actually dependent on uh, another uh, government departments in this regard. I can just indicate that at this stage, there's currently now negotiations between uh, uh, the uh, public works as well as a landlord. The prospect of having this particular building open uh, is, is very good that it it's going to be open today. Uh, but I can just actually assure the committee here that uh, as the South African police service, we paid all our f- f- funds for leases to public works. So eventually they are the one who actually needs to pay the suppliers in this particular regard as the mandated uh, government department. Uh, Chairperson, with regard to the transparent uh, process that was uh, coming forward to, to uh, prevent uh, corruption. Uh, Chairperson, I can just indicate that uh, our process are transparent. Uh, we are being guided by the national pressure instructions, various instructions, and I believe also Honorable Blanche is, uh, since he was also from this environment, uh, uh, he's also taught me a word or two in terms of conforming to the particular uh, instructions also. So he's, he's, he's actually quite aware of this process. But we, uh, above that, we've also got checklists uh, that we have introduced in the South African Police Service uh, this particular financial year, which is also gonna be a bearing fruit going forward in this organization where we check all our procurement processes
0: to see whether it confirms what the relevant uh, instructions I'm sure, am I still audible? have we lost you for a
1: minute? You may continue, General Reed?
16: Yeah, I must apologize, Chairperson, because I'm using my cell phone and there was a call coming in there because my network is also very bad, yeah? Uh, my apologies, Chair. Uh, the, the, despite the fact that Treasury is actually guiding our procurement process, we, uh, as I've said, we have introduced also a checklist to check all our procurement, each and every procurement is going to be check against the, uh, the the relevant legislative frameworks as well as uh, uh, the regulations uh, which governs the procurement processes. Uh, we are also being uh, monitored by the internal auditors, uh, also the Auditor General, SIU, which also our bodies actually check as to what is actually our process in terms of procurement. Eventually those particular bodies are also making sure that actually their corruption are being prevented or combated in the organization. Chairperson, maybe I can also just indicate that uh, I know, yes, a supply chain uh, I, I, as the National Commission was indicating we did have deep-rooted challenges, but I can just indicate that we've actually gained some stride in actually bringing supply chain into a right foot place although we still got some challenges, but I can also just say, Chairperson, supply chain is actually and a much more higher level than we used to be. As I'm saying, there will still be challenges, but for example, in terms of the outcome of the uh, AG that we are currently discussing, uh, it's because of supply chain intervention uh, uh, in terms of uh, making sure that we follow processes that we actually found a, v- a very good uh, uh, unqualified order uh, in the organization. Uh, I don't want to break chairperson, person, but I'm really proud to be a supply chain manager uh, at this stage unless maybe perhaps uh, something I'm missing, which I don't understand what uh, is being highlighted, but I will also appreciate if weak points can be shown to us so that we can actually improve on that also. Uh, Chairperson and NASCOM did talk about the corporate renewal strategy in the uh, supply chain environment. I'm not going to touch much on it because we are still working towards that. Uh, With regard to uh, corruption on PPE, Chairperson, I, 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 I don't want to comment on it because there's various investigation that is being conducted by the DPCI, maybe they will be the one who can actually uh, do to that. But I can just indicate that our procurement in that regard came under scrutiny by the AG, and the AG actually submitted the report which doesn't even show any type of corruption unless maybe facts can be brought to us so that actually can be also be related to the DPCI in this particular regard. Uh, red tapes in supply chain process. Chairperson, uh, again, as I'm saying, I will be advised by, by the committee members to indicate to us what is this red tape because Supply chain is a, is a highly regulated area, uh, which is actually we must conform to each and every process, which is being guided by, by law and prescripts. So, uh, uh, chairperson, if we don't follow those prescripts to, to, to cover issues, which is not being seen as red tapes, then we're going into a risk. And unfortunately, we are guided by law. And actually at this stage, we only adhere to this particular, and there's um, some saying, the AG finding or the AG outcome is a proof as to supply chain management processes are actually going the right direction. And, uh, and Chairperson, as uh, General Dimpani was indicating earlier on, three provinces was currently now being audited and there's no finding with regard to procurement so far. I'm not sure what will happen going forward with the other provinces, including also my division here. Then uh, there was also a question about the transparent process on supply chain uh, awarding contracts. Uh, Chairperson, again, uh, as I'm saying, we're guided by by prescripts. We've got the e-tender, e-tender process, which is actually uh, 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 regulated by National Treasury for each and every tender that is actually being awarded. We must advertise it as such in the e-tender. And that is a government prescripts, and we are doing that, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, uh, as I'm saying, supply chain is doing its utmost best. I'm not saying we are without mistakes, other issues we are dependent from other government departments, but we are doing our utmost best. and I'm, I'm here to learn also if there's been any issue that needs to be highlighted to the supply chain, then we can actually correct that. Thank you, Chairperson.
1: Uh, thank you, General Reed. Yes, indeed, even though we still have problems with supply chain, it's definitely an improvement. And we implore you and your team to continue with your hard work. Uh, Thank you very much.
7: Thank you, you. Honorable Chairperson. I will take just two questions in relation to payment of service providers. Yes, we can confirm that the department is currently compliant at the level of 99.7%. There will be invoices that are in dispute where we have to uh, agree and resolve those disputes with service providers, but we are at 99.7%. Chair, there was also a question on this post audit action plan, whether it is being audited as well, to ensure and confirm that we co- we have executed these actions. Chair, I can just give comfort that even the audit committee has instructed uh, internal audit to validate uh, this work that we would have um, indicated that we have completed. So internal audit will take this post-audit action plan, go through all the actions where we indicate that we have completed these actions. They then uh, undertake a validation exercise and that report will be presented in the audit committee. The audit committee, in our quarterly meetings equally monitor this post audit action plans we present we give updates and we give comfort that indeed the actions that we said we were going to execute in order to resolve these findings and also to prevent reoccurrence do take place when we put these actions and we uh, put these solutions, chairperson, we do not only focus on the finding that was issued at the time of the audit, we equally visited all the transactions that would have taken place during that particular financial year, developed checklists so that we then have got Systems in control uh, system controls that prevent the reoccurrence of these findings or the repeat findings in this regard. We are working in collaboration with internal audit so that they keep us on our toes, they raise issues, and those issues that are raised by internal audit are equally followed up to prevent the reoccurrence of findings in the financial environment space as well as in the performance information
0: space. Thank you, Chairperson.
7: Uh, thank you
1: very much. Do we
17: have more responses? Yes, chairperson is General Madro. Good morning, chairperson, uh, honourable chair, uh, honourable members, deputy minister, national commissioner, generals present with regard to the issue of uh, members conducting business with state. Honourable Tara Blanche wanted to, uh, actions plans that action steps that we have. Uh, completed with uh, the, uh, there were five, and number one of it was to investigate and purify the database for the identified members as preventative measure. That was done only to find that out of 95, uh, 91 members that were alleged to have been uh, conducting business with state, four, 44 of them were inactive directors in the companies and intellectual property commission. And then three of them had no companies, 40 of them were intense and their services were terminated, and then four of them resigned as directors of their companies. The second one was to strengthen engagement with the Department of Transport um, of transport to really look at the, the linking of the system as a reactive measure that one we have engaged with the Department of Transport. A letter was sent on the 23 of November, 2021. The first meeting with the Department of Transport was on the 9th, and then the second one was 28, and the 9th February, the second one was 28 February, and the the next coming one is on the 15th of March. Uh, In that meeting, we have agreed with the Department of Transport to to use the verification system by DPSA I, identity verification system to prevent members of police to, 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 up, uh, to be given the operational license to operate taxis awareness sections the third one was awareness sessions to be rolled out to members we are continuously doing that as integrity management members to be given time frames and turnaround to finish the office with the the chief risk officer with the proof of transfer of vehicles and ownership with this one it was concluded based on the fact that other members were not owning taxes but uh, procured or purchased taxes on behalf of the family members hence they were picked up and then consequence management to be instituted to non-compliant members that is a continuous process and we are currently uh, at the advanced stage other members have been dismissed other other members have been given warnings and then for those who have reapplied or re, or renewed their licenses we will continuously institute disciplinary processes on the, in that regard with regard to the employees conducting business there were nine steps that was to purify the data. And then the data has been purified and engaged with the Department of Public Service and Administration. And then that has been uh, done and the letters were sent on the 29th of November, 2021. And with this one, it was not only the Department of uh, uh, DPSA and um, National Treasury. We have also realized that the department of social development with regard to the 350 we were also affected and we have purified that and the dpsa ha- has proactive measures to block those ones who are applying for 350 while in the pl- employ of state with uh, the third one was the national treasury to update the system we were uh, our interns were appointed as a as, as as not interns on the system and that has been Corrected, and the fourth one was HR and finance to use correct job classification that is linked to the third one that has been corrected. Finance to fast track the process of service termination that has been corrected, and then our uh, continuously as members resign and they are the 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 termination is fast tracked. The sixth one being the design and inclusive integrity management declaration form incorporating members conducting business with state on the employment forms that has been done, the declaration form to be part of the employment application forms that has been done. And then as the department, we have realized that the central supplier database is the is the entry point of members conducting business with state. And then we have issued a, a directive for members to resign uh, from the registration on the supplier regis- uh, uh, Central Supplier Database. We are continuously reissuing that uh, directive. Thank you, Chair. That is with regard to members involved in Texas and members conducting business with the state. Uh,
1: thank you very much. Do we have any further uh, responses?
0: Yes, uh, Honorable Sheperson, if General you Buma,
14: allow.
0: Yes, thank you
14: very much. Thank you very much, Sheperson. There is a question uh, regarding the imaging findings. Uh, I will request General Rabi to elaborate on that particular question with your permission. Thank you very much, Madam. Uh, thank you very much, General Buma. Uh,
1: General Rabi?
6: Honorable Chair, thank you. The question was raised by Honorable Churnabat about uh, some detail on the repeat findings that we have identified, as well as new emerging findings. As I have indicated, in, recording stopped. As I have indicated in the initial presentation, we are currently recording run about, in progress. Run about three quarters through the interim audit. And uh, they have included a new program, Program 3, that includes uh, DPCI, Detectives and Forensic Services that has not been audited in the previous two years. So the findings that we see emerging in that environment is considered to be emerging findings. And uh, what that includes, for instance, is issues around the recording of crime, uh, in a way the detail in terms of the complainant, the, the victims, Um, and the number of charges that have been included. Uh, So those are primarily when we look at the detective service around the the data that is associated with the investigation process, uh, more specifically, the detail of complainants and victims, and then there are a couple of findings within the forensics environment that relates to the uh, leads, uh, fingerprint leads, the DNA person to person leads, etc. I can maybe just ask at this point, uh, Honourable Chair, we are in the process of responding to these findings. So they are not yet confirmed. Um, we will have a much better indication at the uh, at the end of the interim audit process to, and we'll be in a better position to give the detail what exactly, because some of these findings are currently um, disputed, if that is the correct word that I can use. So we still have to meet with HSA to confirm those. If we are looking at the repeat findings, Chair, the ones that uh, they are primarily in Program 2, visible policing, where we find uh, some of the findings that are repeating themselves, for instance, is where uh, the detail of uh, the charges are not 100% correctly captured compared to what we have in the docket. There's a couple of findings on that. And then also where the detail of the complainants and victims, when they report the crime, is not accurately reflected, and we also have a couple of findings that talks to the recovery of uh, lost, stolen firearms and vehicles, where we have uh, an overstatement of performance because some of these have been recovered outside the reporting period. But these findings, uh, actually, we have low numbers at the moment, so we cannot comment on the materiality. The materiality will only become uh, visible uh, when we get to the end of the order to determine whether the error rate exceeds a five perc- uh, 5% error rate. But those are, in essence, the, the, the new emerging findings and within Programme 3 and then some of the repeat findings in Programme 2. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Honorable Chair. Uh,
1: thank you very much. Uh, Dean, does that bring to an end our responses?
4: Yeah, no, sir. thanks, Chair, it, it does. And uh, I, I, I think that, yeah, including the issue raised about, uh, about uh, CETA, uh, we will continue to uh, pressurise them to, to, to respond appropriately to our needs we did say in the meeting here last time when the ceo was here that we in fact i think i i made that comment that we we are not happy with how they've been servicing us and uh, we can't trust in some of the commitment that they make uh, i'm not saying that uh, they want they won't respond appropriately here but this is a typical example of a uh, Uh, the experiences that we have had. The solution there is to look at the act because the law allows the South African police to can make a submission through uh, DPSA to opt out of the CETA arrangement. For as long as there is this dependency, we will one way or the other have difficulties with, with CETA. And I think, uh, we we will uh, we will be happy if the committee can uh, support the initiative for the South African police to opt out of CETA and uh, address their their IT needs just the same way as the army does. The police is a, is a different is a different environment altogether, and speed is of essence if we are to succeed in the things that we are doing. And if we are to depend on a, an institution like CETAF, which has been giving government headaches ever the years since its establishment, I think it, for me, I I, I think the, the option is to is to make a representation uh, to, to 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 the DBS, the, the public service and administration that we be excluded from CETA and we, we handle IT on our own. The issue of recruitment the, 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 that General Ntia spoke to, I, probably it might be important to explain to the committee the entire process. It's a very transparent uh, recruitment process where people fail and succeed based on how they respond to questions that they ask. And I agree that sometimes when certificates, fraudulent certificates are presented, you might not see that this is not the, the, the right uh, uh, certificate, but only through going to records to people who are the custodian of this information that are able to establish the, fa- the facts. So there will be such mistakes, but it's not a general norm that we appoint people who are not properly qualified. And I agree with General Reed. The uh, Our procurement process is very transparent, guided by the law. We, we might not be where we want to be as the South African police with regard to the things that we are doing, but definitely we are not like where we were yesterday. Supply chain, we reported to the committee here that it, it literally collapsed there there were no instruments there were no systems there nothing was happening and we had to build it up general reed came in together with the team since he arrived to where we are today there have been a steady progress chair and members of the of of the committee we are not 100 perfect but we we are better and many things that were outstanding that affected our ability to do work, for instance, in the forensic space. There is progress today, but of course, there is much that we still need to do in that area so that we are running at 100%. 100%, 100%. But generally speaking, I think there has been progress and, well, challenges will be there. Like when we come to you, we always say that you have an advantage point of seeing things that we don't see. And as we interact with you, the questions that you raise to us, they make us wiser, including uh, today's interaction with yourselves. They make us wiser and better and will only improve. And we appreciate uh, the collaboration that we have with the committee, even though we know that uh, you weep us a lot, but I see it as collaboration myself, that we must work together to ensure that policing is improved i thought i must just make those additions chair but uh yeah i think that they've been able to respond to uh, most of the questions that you 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 have asked and yes indeed load shedding is really uh uh, uh, disorganizing us a bit but we we this is our situation we must make do with what we have thanks very much
1: Uh, thank you very much, Deputy Minister. Before I take another round of, of questions, um, the, I think the comments made uh, by Honorable Morekwa should be looked at very carefully in terms of the top-heavy structure of SAPs and having more people on the ground. It is a comment which we have made and um, an observation in and indeed a problem which we have flagged as a committee. Uh, Honorable members of the committee, for the next term, we are prioritizing meetings with the ministers of communications and a separate meeting with the minister of public works. Um, Honorable deputy minister, uh, could we implore you to also, and I know it's not your job, we cannot send you as a messenger, I'll write to the minister, Nicolette, can you prepare that letter for me, Uh, so that he interacts with his colleague in writing on the situation we have with CETA, as well as the situation with Public Works. Uh, Before you, uh, in the next round, could you also uh, indicate to me uh, what we have in terms of our underspending right now? Uh, We have come to the end of the financial year, and uh, the reports i'm receiving is that we are anticipating quite a large underspending um honorable deputy minister uh, could we also have uh, and i'm requesting this in particular as the chair an audited list of all the reserves that you have on your system those who have been absorbed those who are still yet to be absorbed and then those who have uh, serious challenges, and then what you will do with these ones of serious challenges, because I would like to recommend that you look at them quite carefully and that they may, in fact, have to be removed from the system. The next point is that those were informed, there was a number of complaints I received of uh, individuals who were informed just before COVID that they were accepted by SAPS and uh, they they resigned from their jobs, and then they were not they were then uh, not notified when they should start working. So those people were were sending me messages to say that they have just left been left in the lurch, and that they currently do not have an understanding of this status. Um, Honourable uh, um, Member Shembeni. Uh, you have also written to us on the uh, members' WhatsApp group. Uh, we'll be taking this on, on uh, review. Uh, can you kindly indicate to us, as Nicolette asked, who is the author of this uh, um, message, which claims that um, there are members who are dismissed, but there are no records of their dismissal, at the Government Employers' Pension Fund and SARS uh, that they never received dismissal letters from the National Commissioner, and they are still shown as being active on the system. These are all audit irregularities, um, which, if we cannot continue um, uh, uh, eliminating and addressing on our system, will keep uh, presenting themselves, and will always be having uh, to look at those challenges. Um, Honorable members, I'll take a second round of questions. I've noted Honorable Whitfield and then Dr. Groenewald. Honorable Shembeni, is this an old end or an old new end? Honorable Shembeni? It's a new end. Uh, All right. Then yes, we will start. Old, I thought right.
11: that would start by me.
1: Yes, no, no, your hand stayed up. That's why I'm asking you, is it an old new hand or a new new hand? So we will start with Honorable Shembeni, then Honorable Whitfield, groenewald and then Terblanche. Honorable Shembeni, you may start.
11: Yes, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I I wanted to come to the issue of the dismissal of members. Uh, a lot of members have been dismissed. In free state, I think from 2018 to 2022, about 43 members that are dismissed. Now, here yeah, what I want to know, there are sections or regulations from the SAPS,
0: like the regulation 12 of 2006,
11: 121 e or, the members were supposed to be dismissed according to regulation 976 of 2016. Now I find out that now there is a member that has been dismissed under this regulation 12. And now the office or the provisional commissioner's office in Free State sent somebody now, another member, to the dismissed member with the documents that that member must sign, the previous uh, 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 documents that she signed uh, were wrong because of the wrong regulation. How proper is that? How can that top management do such a mistake? Now, I'm looking at these other members that have been dismissed, that out of these members, how many members do we have that have been dismissed under a wrong regulation? And if they discover, what is it that is going to happen? Because already, seemingly, they have discovered. Who must take responsibility to that? What is going to happen? And what is the cause of all these things that these members are dismissed in such a way? Secondly, I want to find out that if a member of the disciplinary committee is being asked by an employee that is being dismissed to excuse himself or herself because he himself is being under investigation and refuses and completes, I mean, continues with the disciplinary hearing and find this person guilty and dismiss him or her, what do you call it? Because that person was asked to recuse or excuse himself from the disciplinary hearing because he or she is being investigated, himself or herself, but forcefully continues uh, to discipline this one and and dismisses him or her. What do you call that? Is that a lawful dismissal or what? Is that what I want to know? This is what is happening in Free State. I would like to get answers from the commissioner there or whoever from the human resource management at the senior level, because a lot of lawsuits are coming concerning what is happening in this province and nobody's attending to it. Secondly, Honorable Minister, what are you doing with the whistleblowers? Are they protected or not in this uh, dispensation in South Africa? Because seemingly, once you become a whistleblower, you are exposed and killed. And all this is happening under the SAPS. Our people are not protected. That's why they are not giving us the information of what is happening in the ground. So something must be done. I want to know exactly what is happening with the protection of the whistleblowers or must we take it up with the committee and the president and leave the South African police outside these things because they are involved. And those people who are supposed to protect the whistleblowers are the people who want to kill them. Sorry for that. So I think something must be done here, honorable uh, deputy minister, honorable commissioner, and other uh, 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 deputy commissioners. This is very, very much important. Lastly, are supply chain management members vetted for security clearance? If so, what level of clearance do they have? Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Chair.
1: Thank you, Honorable Shembeni. Whatfield, Groenewald and then Tablanch. The honorable Whitfield.
8: Thank you very much, Chair. It's really just a follow-up, and I'm not sure if I've missed it. My signal did break up during the responses, um, a chair, I, I made a request, there was a, a presentation, I think it was on slide uh, slide 19 about systems integration. I just wanted to find out very specifically whether APHIS is part of the issues relating to CETA. Uh, I'm aware that there are issues with the automated fingerprint identification system um, and that you know this obviously has an impact on clearance certificates, firearm licenses, amongst other issues. Could we just get a status update on APHIS and uh, what the future is in respect of systems integration, whether AFIS falls within that, um, that program? Thank you.
1: Uh, thank you, Honorable Whitfield. Groenewald
9: Thank you, Honorable Chair. Chair, I have two follow-up questions. The first is that I would like to have an update on the position of the head of the DPCI, General Labia, who became 60 in September. The Act is very clear uh, in terms of what happens if the head uh, is 60 years uh, and should retire. There are, however, mechanisms to extend this service, and part of that extension is that Parliament must approve uh, a further period if he continues in that position, so I want to know whether Parliament receives a such an uh, recommendation or application to extend this service, if not, why not, and what is being done about it? because I am also sure that it must feel uneasy for General Labia to be in a position which legally is actually not. Uh, entitled to be in. The second one is, Chairperson, it comes to the legal services. I want to know in terms of auditing does SAPS have track of all court cases against the police services? And if not, why not? And do we know exactly what it costs SAPS? And I know that the Department of Justice deals with these matters by the state attorney. But do we have record of each and every case against SAPS, which in the end, I understand, must be paid by SAPS? And do we have proper control on that? Thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh,
1: Thank you, Honorable Groenevald. Indeed, I received a letter on, uh, from uh, the speaker uh, on about the uh, off-term of office of the DPCI head. I sent the, the letter to the minister. I sent a letter to the minister uh, requesting that the matter be resolved. I have yet to receive a response in writing a formal response. Um, I'll remind uh, Nicolette, can we remind the minister that his response is still outstanding? And Deputy Minister, could you also please remind the minister? I'll call the minister. But indeed, his response is uh, long overdue. Um, the next uh, a question would be from Honorable Tablanche.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson.
10: Thank you. I commended the police already for the progress that they made to, you know, sort of improve the situation. And, you know, there are uh, significant, you know, improvements in different environments, and I especially want to refer to supply chain management. I think they are getting their ducks in a row. Chairperson, the department received an unqualified audit with three matters of emphasis. You know, this is now the first unqualified uh, audit in five years. Jefferson, uh, the issues that are still very uh, worrying, and that is obviously the areas that were sort of emphasized by the Auditor General. And uh, the first is the pending lawsuits against the police. Something to the tune of eight point two four billion and i I just want you know to know well do they intend to address that issue you already chairperson touched on the underspending and yes I'm also very concerned that we are going to see a major underspending this year again uh, and then we are saying that we don't have a budget to to jack up policing in general, and, you know, that is especially in the visible policing environment and the detective services. Chairperson, and then the last thing there is the irregular expenditure to the tune of $3.475 billion is under assessment. That is really, really a serious matter of concern. Chairperson, I want a bit of clarity on that. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you very much, Honourable de Blanche. Honourable Whitfield, is this an old old hand or an old new hand?
8: It's a young old hand. Thank you.
1: Oh, oh yes, very young. And and uh, uh, I, but I don't think you can compete your, with your son, Honourable Whitfield. Did you hear? You can't repeat. Don't laugh at me. You have a very beautiful son, Honourable Whitfield. Uh, my compliments to his mother, not to you. Um, Honourable Whitfield, I'm teasing you today. Uh, Honourable uh, Deputy Minister and um, uh, General Satole and your team, you may respond now. Uh,
4: thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I will allow the National Commissioner to uh, uh, and the team to respond to the questions. If you may allow, Chair, National Commissioner.
1: Agreed.
5: Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. And again, thanking the Honorable Members for the questions and the guidance received therefrom. Uh, Chair, I'm only going to take two out of this. The rest the team is going to... Uh, respond because most of the questions are centered around h r and finance uh, i think the the first one chair I wanted to take is the one of regulation twelve dismissals the free state and 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 like a, a more detailed response shall be given by h r all what I wanted to indicate is that uh, we have established a conduct committee which looks into all the disciplinary matters uh, including suspensions uh, review and alignment and transfers emanating from disciplinary processes so this committee is the one that oversees all the nine provinces It is going to be assigned with the responsibility of providing a report uh, to us with regard to what exactly is happening at Free State and uh, zoom deeper into both the Regulation 12 and Regulation 9 dismissals which uh, are there. We've also seen several of these in the media where members are complaining, but uh, there's others that uh, are coming from the TEFO administration. So, but the HR at the same time is going to coordinate this particular process. Then, Chair, with regard to recusal, when when a member uh, asks for the recusal of a presiding officer, that is done within the framework of the law. We we just make sure that it doesn't become a personal matter or a matter where the member feels that uh, the, the presiding officer might not be fair, but the uh, such a process happens within the framework of the law and it's getting evaluated. If say for instance, the, the presiding officer refused to recuse himself and according to the relevant uh, law, there is a conflict of interest and should have recused himself this this provision uh, for dealing with the matter uh, within and beyond uh, such a a trial process. So the the conduct committee that I've referred to is also among others looking into same matters and uh, make sure that uh, the, the the trial process is handled fairly and squarely and no one is disadvantaged, but the, the discipline in the organization must still be maintained. Thank you very much. With your permission, uh, I can then hand over to Lieutenant General Ruma and her team to respond to the other question. Thank you, Chief.
1: Thank you very much,
5: General
14: Vuma. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, Maybe if I can just explain in addition to what the National Commissioner has responded to in terms of the Regulation 12. Regulation 12 deals with the normal processes of discipline where based on the categorized type of offenses that are committed as a misconduct are explained and tabled. It it requires the normal process when witnesses can be called, etc., etc. However, Regulation 9 deals with a expeditious process. The expeditious process equally the serious cases are uh, explained in terms of the different sub-regulations that follows thereafter, in terms of those numbers that have been uh, articulated. So, that is an expeditious process that is normally not a normal process where witnesses are not called. However, the final outcome of dismissals from both regulations is dealt with in a, the same way and the same process. With regard to the vetting of the supply chain officials, we present that we can still provide the detailed information in terms of how many, but all majority of supply chain uh, practitioners are vetted at a level of top secret. They are, we are equally dependent obviously on the capacity of crime intelligence, but we, it's a continuous process as and when uh, we receive um, new members at supply chain, they get, they get uh, uh, vetted uh, in terms of uh, at a level of top secret. The issue with regards to uh, legal
0: services, we have Major General Lisa, so we can elaborate. The integrated uh, systems, Um, we have
14: Lieutenant General from TMS General Twizelani, who can respond on it, Uh, and the irregular expenditure in terms of elaboration, General Ruth can elaborate.
0: With your permission, uh, chairperson Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Next.
0: Um. Good morning, um. Chair. Good morning, honourable members. Good morning,
18: honourable um. Deputy Minister, um. National Commissioner DNC. All the leaders on the call uh, are in all protocol observed from the um. SEPS uh, TMS team regarding the AFIS system, what we are currently doing now, we are doing enterprise architecture of existing systems, where we're doing a enterprise architecture standstill report that will form part of our IS and ICT strategy. From there, we will understand what is the current view as is of um, network infrastructure and um, application infrastructure, data infrastructure, and also the, so, and the security architecture as things stand. And then next week, all the major generals and also the provincial heads together with their support team members, we will then map out what needs to be integrated in the application architecture going forward and what is relevant and also what systems and applications are responding to the current um, business uh, requirements and also which ones need to be managed out. Yesterday we sat with the risk and the integration committee where they're going to be doing a risk assessment on how all the systems and applications and services were obtained after the end-to-end risk assessment. The outcomes will inform what will remain and what will be also responding to business requirements having spoken to the business units who will need to guide the functionalities that are required and the type of technology enablement that is required for their environments without uh, being associated with brands or with being associated with typical type of service providers. And then a process will be in conjunction with legal services, supply chain management and finance will be taken to go forward in our new IS and ICT strategy to ensure that integration of the applications that would have passed those assessments will continue in an integrated manner. But integration and interoperability sits um, high on our priority list in the new IS and ICT strategy Because when we have integrated systems that have interoperability and when we have the data policy that's finalized and signed off, it will help us to get richer data for quicker decision making and also for preferable uh, policies within SEPs to help us to prevent uh, crime
0: and also help us to detect after the fact. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do we have any further responses?
16: Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, may I proceed?
1: Yes, General Reid.
16: Thank you, Chair. Chair, I will respond to the question about the irregular expenditure. Yes, indeed. Uh, what was observed by Honorable Blanche with regard to the three point one uh, seven five billion, it was a finding that came from the AG finding the previous financial year. Uh, Chairperson, I can just say that. Uh, the irregular expenditure is it was a sticky uh, issue in the organisation, of which the, in in various uh, environment of the organisation there was a, a lack of understanding what how do you deal with irregular expenditure despite the fact the treasury eventually issued some guidelines with regard to that. But I can just indicate, Chairperson, in terms of the previous guidelines, uh, treasury did not indicate as to what is the time frame for assessment of this irregular expenditure. But now, this particular guideline, uh, new guidelines, has actually tightened the the period of uh, of assessment to the period of thirty days uh, for to indicate as to whether there's uh, uh, irregular expenditure or not. And thereafter, the measures must be uh, must be actually be uh, put in place to if there was any irregular expenditure. Now, we also went further on chairperson to in our APP is the first time that we also gonna. Have this particular measurement where we say about 70% of irregular expenditure must be decreased uh, uh, for, for that particular for this financial year. Uh, so, Chairperson, I can just also indicate that uh, this particular 3.75 billion uh, is, is not as it is as the stage is. That's unfortunate. I don't have the figures now. But we did make some uh, various uh, intervention after the AG findings where we actually sent some teams from my office to the various uh, uh, offices or of cost centers in the provinces, where we actually assessed the provinces and the stations to actually do this assessment. And, uh, and, and most of the assessment came out clear to say that uh, this was not irregular spending, but other assessment where there was a determination made, we actually referred it to for disciplinary cases, so that eventually we submit to uh, to tragedy. But uh I can just indicate this particular three point seven five billion uh it was all cases as uh indicated by uh by Blanche, is hundred percent correct, and these cases was all matters which was relating to the blue light saga that is currently now in the court where senior managers were also arrested issues like uh, uh the marking of vehicles uh but most of those members eventually are being dismissed so uh with your permission, Chair, if there's a need for me to submit as to what is the current value, then I'll have to be given a chance actually to make a written submission regarding that. Thanks, Chair. Uh,
1: thank you very much, General. I do not see any uh, further responses. A DM Apologies, me. Chair. Apologies, yes, General. Chief.
4: Uh, General Libia wanted to make a comment earlier on, and uh, I didn't realize that. I just noted now, if we may allow him to comment, uh, uh, Chair.
1: Yes, and there's someone uh, who's uh, Eleanor's iPhone.
19: That's that's correct, Chair, just on behalf of the legal services question, but I'll come in after General Libia. Thank you, Chair.
1: No, so you can speak now. I'm the Chair, and then Libia.
19: Thank you, Chair. My apologies. Good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, um, Deputy Minister and Honourable Committee members, um, National Commissioner and the Deputy National Commissioners in the forum, all protocol observed. Chairperson, with regards to the question of Honourable Frunewald, whether the SAPs have track of um, all court cases against it, um, yes, we do have records of all the cases against us, Chairperson. Um, and then whether we know of the cost or whether we've got proper control on the costs paid by the state attorneys. Um, Chairperson, we, we do have um, the, the – it's correct what um, the Honourable Member has indicated that the costs orders are paid by the Department of Justice, specifically the state attorney's offices, and then we have um, the records there of, on the reimbursement between departments on the costs paid by it. Um, Then with regard to the question on pending claims, um, the contingent liability and how we are, um, if we have any strategies in place to address it, we um, are aware of the growing number of court cases being instituted uh, against the department. We have put in place... um, besides the Integrated Resource Management Committee that deals with um, additional capacity. We also have a specific task team on how to address the claims being instituted against the departments with specific um, focus on conduct of members and then um, on recoverability on possible payments that are being made and consequence management to address those issues. Thank you, Chairperson.
1: Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, General Labia, is it about the cases or your own situation? Uh, Good morning, uh, Honorable uh, Minister.
20: Uh, I mean, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, the Deputy Minister. Uh, It is about the comment that was made by uh, the supply chain General Rich. I will not comment about my situation.
1: Thank you very much. Because we are managing your situation, uh, you can comment on the others.
20: Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chairperson. Uh, there was a question that was raised regarding uh, the investigation of supply chain. The National Commissioner have responded, but during the response by uh, General Rich, he have indicated that uh, maybe there might be. Comment from the DPCI with regard to some of the investigation that uh, we might be conducting. Indeed, I can indicate that uh, there is an investigation that uh, we are conducting, but uh, as you'll understand, it is in house.
9: We are not always discussing. Uh, Chairperson, the point of um,
1: order. Sorry?
9: Uh, Chairperson, General Labia disappears. We can't hear what he says.
1: Yes, I was just going to come in to find out is it his or, or if it's a problem on my side. Generals Libia, it seems to be uh, sound problems on your side.
20: Let, let me shift and change position, uh, Honourable Chairperson, and see if uh, maybe in other position it might be better. Am I audible, Chairperson?
1: Much better, thanks.
20: Thank you, uh, Honourable Chairperson. I was saying that uh, uh, the National Commissioner have answered the questions regarding the uh, issue of supply chain, the investigation, the arrest that uh, has been done. During the uh, additional uh, response by General Reed, he have indicated that uh, maybe the DPCI might uh, comment on the investigation that uh, we might be dealing with, I needed to confirm that uh, there is investigation that the DPCI is conducting on the uh, PPE uh, issues. Uh, we have, we are not discussing it internally as it would be understood that uh, it involve uh, the, uh, some of the personnel at head office. So, so far, we, the investigation, we have obtained 87 statements and uh, the indication is that uh, we are left with three statements to conclude the investigations. And then uh, there is uh, some difficulties with some of the remaining witnesses, but uh, the understanding is that we might even have to approach them in terms of warning statements instead of been witnesses but that is where i can say uh, honorable chairperson that we are conducting it is in an advanced stage and then uh, we will be guided by the uh, after the three statements have been obtained as to what the prosecutors are saying thank you very much uh, honorable chairperson and honorable members uh, uh thank you thank you
0: honorable
1: members Uh, Just a a number of matters uh, which I wanted to raise. I'm not going to take another round of of questions. I don't see more hands. Uh, General Labia, you may mute your your gadget. Honorable Shembeni, I'm not going to take another round of questions. Members are leaving one by one. So I'm not going to take another round of questions. Um, i'm going to be sitting without a quorum soon i've given you two rounds of questions um, then the next is that um, honorable uh, um, honorable uh, uh, deputy minister and uh, national commissioner before i give you an opportunity and before i uh, do the closing remarks I'm uh, there's a number of areas uh, that I still don't seem to have a, a um, satisfactory response to and I don't, I don't want a response today because I'm tired of responses but I don't see progress I would like to see progress I'd like to see progress and I'm not asking for responses. I'm looking for progress. I'm looking for progress on crime intelligence in terms of the the budget that was rolled over. But it seems as if that same budget will be underspent. I'm looking for progress on the appointment of uh, uh, members in crime intelligence and the vacancies which exist there. I have no progress on the appointment of the head of crime intelligence and the resolution of all the problems they have had with their previous heads and all kinds of shenanigans that they have had with crime intelligence. I am also concerned that um, the movement of legislation is extremely slow if we do not have regulations and regulations and, and amendments to key acts we'll continue having irregular expenditure and most of the observation in the comments I'd like to make is that most of the root causes for audit findings relate to a lack of review and monitoring of internal controls in respect to procurement prescripts. This, I would like to say calls into question the effectiveness of the SAP's management structure. Do we have a consequence management approach? or managers that underperform discipline? The SAPS is the largest government department in terms of personnel. Every level of management and quality assurance must be effective. If one level fails to monitor, and review internal controls. The members are not held accountable for their actions. If management as a whole fails, ultimately policing will fail. Our new member has been extremely vocal today in saying that, Our image and our reputation does not look very good. Mm. Communities have lost confidence in SAPS and what you have with Operation Dudula is actually a manifestation of the fact that we are losing control of what communities expect and what it is we are doing. We may say that um, these are, I'm not saying Operation Tutula, but there's a number of vigilante groups which are springing up all over the country. This, again, doesn't go well for SEPs. When you say the largest government department in terms of appointment of personnel, you have stated Again, on another point, the number of detailed audit findings. I would like to again relook at all these steps and all these reports you have given us. The, my observation is that I need standardized standardized minutes for the bid committees. The availability of these minutes is essential for accountability and transparency. It is a requirement set by National Treasury and must be made publicly available. We spoke at length about lifestyle audits today. Uh, Babawa, I hope you are capturing this today. We spoke at length about supply chain management's lifestyle audits. But I also want to see a situation where we have lifestyle audits of all generals and all senior staff members. I do not get a fair understanding that these lifestyle audits are up to date. I would like to know. We are not, I'm not looking at your contracts and uh, the awarding of contracts. But what is the number of bids and the value thereof that were awarded to any government employee, not just from SEPs? Are they members of any government, other government departments who have been
0: awarded contracts and tenders? The as you have said today, your slide twenty-six
1: says that the 2021-2022 interim audit revealed persistent. Re- repeat findings and new emerging findings. What led to these new findings? When when will the development of this annual performance monitoring system be completed and when will it be fully implemented? This APM, I'd like to know, is this very same CETA again involved in implementing this system? Because I am really, really not having any confidence, as we have all said, over and over again. Furthermore, I am not going to allow Deputy Minister and National Commissioner and all our deputy national commissioners to come to this committee and lay the blame and at the door or the foot of CETA and Public Works. It has to come to an end. If it doesn't come to an end, this committee would have failed in its oversight role. We are... Speaking about the same thing for almost three years. We are sounding, as I'm saying, I don't know. I'm not asking questions. I'm making observations. I don't want responses. I want action. I'm tired of responses. And you come, you speak, we bring Sita, we get the same problem. A week later, we're sitting with the same problem. Now, it's a re- what kind of oversight role do we have? if we repeat the same problems every week. There's a number of questions asked by the committee, which are already beginning to sound so familiar. And it's, it's ridiculous. It means that this committee is not being taken seriously, and we will certainly not accept this as a committee. Deputy Minister, I'm not laying this at your door. I would like to acknowledge the role you have been playing in assisting this committee to do its work. And you have been really, really remarkable in all the work you have been doing and the support you have been given to the committee and particularly the support you have been given to the WOP and the chair. We acknowledge that. So, Deputy Minister, this is not an indictment on you, but again, it is because we want a better SAPS, we want to serve our communities, and right now, we are not presenting ourselves as a very good department. A DM, would you like to say something, or could I close the meeting?
0: No, uh, th- thanks, Chair.
4: I think you have made uh, appropriate observations uh, and we should uh, be guided by that. We, we, we yeah, I think you have made appropriate observations and uh, we should all agree that our intention is to serve our people. We need progress. We can't engage in a foxtrot. I think some of the things we must draw a line and say this, but no further. But thanks very much. uh, And thanks for the team and members of the committee for the engagement. Uh, We are are indebted to you, Chair, and the committee. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Minister. I'd like to acknowledge your presentation and the responses from the team. Um, Team SAPS, DM. As I thank the team, I would want you all and all our members to note that we are having fewer and fewer complaints by the members that their questions have not been responded to. That's a very, very good sign. So SAPS, keep up the good work. DM, please convey that message to the minister. Normally, after each meeting, I have 40 different questions which have not been responded to. And I'm not exaggerating because those questions come to me. Um, just as a, a, that is just a matter of some housekeeping, uh, the draft oversight report is ready. And once I've scrutinized it, it will be circulated to members. Um, as I said, <coughs> my apologies. We had a very good oversight visit last weekend. And again, my gratitude to all the members and our staff, our glitches we will correct. Um, During the oversight visit of the weekend, I had indicated that we will arrange another oversight visit for the end of March. Uh, Unfortunately, I have a commitment which I cannot avoid and that it's a compulsory meeting which I have to attend. And then the um, next oversight date is the 19th to the 22nd of April. This is the time we have the budget hearings. But I will certainly prioritize and find a date and an application for the oversight visit to Free State as we had agreed Honorable Shimbeni. So, Honourable Shembeni, all those questions you have raised about Free State, um, they have uh, um, now been escalated to being top priority on our list. And uh, please be assured of the fact that um, I'll leave no stone unturned to address those complaints you have raised with me. Uh, Honourable members, that gives us, and thank you very much for for uh, having uh, been present for the entire session. Uh, we have managed to work with the different challenges that we've had. Uh, thank you very much to the Whoop, uh, Honorable Siabe. Uh, we are finalizing the program for our Strath Plan and we'll give you an indication of the flow of the program for the Strath Plan, which will be the first Second and the second of April. We'll we'll communicate with you on this, and the arrangements will be communicated to you timelessly. We apologize that with the kind of uh, weaknesses we had with the last oversight visit once more. Colleagues, uh, National Commissioner, Deputy Minister, uh, Generals, thank you for your presence, members of the public, uh, stakeholders. Those who, are, uh, who have listened to the meeting, uh, thank you very much for today's meeting. Um, I hope that uh, you have all benefited from the session. Thank you very much. The meeting is now closed.
4: Thank you, Chair. Thank
1: you, thank you Chair. For- thank you, Honorable Marewa. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank, thank you, you. chairperson. person.
1: Thank you. See you again, Wom Oki.
0: Thank you. Looking
10: forward to that.
1: Yes. First and second of April.
0: Okay. Thanks, Bye. Thanks, okay. Uh Thank you.